0: Minutes are almost up, Swindon fans, but you're not there yet.
1: And it goes. Oh, it's not in. Bridger left footed. What a volley!
0: It's the stuff of champions. It's the stuff of dreams. And donate. Races it on goal and donate. Murray could be in. Snake from Tompkins! What a goal from Glen Murray! He's hardly had a touch! On he'll go, Mackel Smith! Into what he shot!
1: Hello and welcome to episode 55. ...of Together our Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. I believe it's 55. I'm pretty sure it's 55. Uh, today is going to be um, a little bit different to the usual podcast... ...and I'll tell you why, and I hope you forgive me for it. Um, this weekend was my wedding anniversary. Um, happy days. Uh, we had a weekend away. Um, so I actually haven't had a chance to watch anything of the Brighton game this week... Uh, ...barring the goal that Webster scored, actually. Um... I haven't even been able to bring myself to watch the two other goal highlights and I simply haven't had the time to watch the game at all. Um, We've been married for four years and I plan to make it to a fifth uh, so I actually just went off the grid this weekend. Um, We went away for a trip over a weekend Um, so it's going to be a little bit of an on-the-fly podcast today. Um, I was lucky enough uh, to get Russ um, at Roadhog Haddock, I think it is, on Twitter. Uh, we had him on last week. We had him on quite a fair bit. Um, luckily for me, uh, we had our man around the grounds there to provide a in-person look at the game. Uh, as always, let me know your thoughts and opinions on his view. Um, the last week or two, he's basically became my co-host. He's done me a huge favor this week by being able to provide that feedback to the Albion for me. Um, but... Really, what I want to do is... All I can do, really, is take a look at the stats, take a look at some uh, some problematic things that we're starting to see uh, for the Albion and some things to take away some hope. Um, so, first of all... The, the game itself, right? So I, I haven't watched a single minute of it. It's kind of a unique position to be in. In fact, I've never been in this position on this podcast before. Um, so all I can do is look at the numbers. Um, I've obviously seen a ton of feedback online uh, as to how we played. Um, and I want to see how... I want to see if the, the way we played to the, the eye also matches how we played uh, in the stats. So... From everybody's opinion, uh, we were absolutely dominant up until the red card, okay? And I believe the red card was around uh, 34 minutes in. So if you take a look at the the stats, uh, 34 minutes in, um, it sounds to me like the Albion faithful, which is you, uh, were spot on. Um, we dominated them for the first 34 minutes, uh, we had 9 shots to their 4, we had 64% possession, our pass success rate was a whopping 85%, which is like top 6 levels, I say top 6, there's not really a top 6 anymore, but um, we that's like incredibly accurate passing. Um, We won more aerials than them. We won more tackles than them. We won more corners than them. um, And they actually were dispossessed three times. We weren't dispossessed once in this time period. Um, It looks like we had every reason to believe that this was going to be a very successful away day. Um, now, on the 31st minute, Aaron Moy, uh, 29th, I apologize. The 29th, Aaron Moy received a yellow card for kicking the ball away. I've not been able to see the, the, the incident. Um, again, I would love for you to give me a lot of feedback this week, if you're able to, um, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, and let me know whether you uh, whether you did think um, it was it was a fair yellow card for the kicking the ball away. Um, I've seen a lot of people say yes, and I've seen a lot of people say no, so I'd love your viewpoints on it too. Um, but nonetheless, uh, less than five minutes later, um, he then went on to receive his second yellow card and his first ever red card uh, as a footballer. Now, moving on to the problematic part here. This is his first ever red card as a footballer. Um, but it is not the Albion's first red card recently. Uh, we have lost a fair few... We I feel like over the last 12 months, um, we've had quite a few people sent off. Uh, we've had Knockout diving in like an absolute crazy man under Hewton. Uh I believe it was Andone last year and this year now, obviously. And we've now had Moy get sent off too. Um, we tend to... We seem to at least have uh, a disciplinary problem in terms of individuals going rogue um and you've got to feel a bit bad for potter on this because he sets us up in a way he feels is best suited to, for us to win the game um we get 34 minutes in and every single statistic tells me and you that you are right you're watching the better team play the football at villa park and aaron moy in a two fits of stupidity gets himself sent off harshly or not i i don't know that's up for you to, that's up to you to tell me <laughs> whether you think that was the case or not um but the fact of the matter is it's it's becoming to a little bit more uh, there's no smoke without fire and we're getting a couple of people sent off a little bit too often um these days and we need to start looking into quite why these individual errors are coming up is it uh is it the culture in the in the dressing room that seems to think that may be an okay thing to do or like I don't know. Um, or is it just the fact that when you, that's the curse of having to deal with uh, players limited in the ability um, as to what Potter wants to do. So obviously Potter is setting ourselves up. He wants them to play a certain way and some players can't make it all the way through that. Um, is he having to adjust to the fact that our players aren't good enough to do everything he wants and it's, leading people to lash out. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, um, it turned the game on its head. Uh, it seems to me that from the minute he got the goal, uh, everything changed dramatically. From the rest of the game onwards, um, we saw a pretty big switch up. Um, 56% possession in Villa's favor after this point. Uh, they, were, Their pass success rate flew up to 88%. They won four corners to our one. Uh, we were dispossessed four times to their three. Um, they c- completed 17 successful dribbles. Uh, that sounds to me like we backed off pretty dramatically. You, again, can let me know if that's the truth or not, um, but it looks that way. And uh, they had 20 shots after that, um, just <laughs> compared to their couple beforehand is pretty pretty bad. Um, but the thing is, we, we didn't stop having shots either. Um, just after that, uh, we had 11. Three from Mopai, two from Gross, two from Webster. Um, So it doesn't seem like we suffered too much in the chance creation department. Uh, So again, it kind of leads me to believe that this sounds an awful lot like the Southampton game. Um, We dominate the game. It looks like three points are coming to us in almost a formality, which is unheard of for Brighton or any other team really that is struggling towards the bottom. Um, And we continue to beat ourselves. It's incredibly frustrating to watch the result come in, and when I was when I was in the car uh, and I I looked at the result and it was actually ninety it was ninety plus four and I'd seen that it flashed up and said Villa had a corner, um, and I sat in the car and I knew from the minute they said that Villa had a corner in the ninety fourth minute that we were going to concede. Um, it's the Albion way. We are teams like Brighton hashtag is. Uh, They need to change that to the way in which we continuously let in goals at the last second. Um, We did it against Southampton too. Uh, After all that hard work, we got broke down and got beat down there. Um, We fell apart towards the end. And there's just no reason for it. Um, Is it the fitness levels? I don't think so. Is it the attention levels? I think it probably is. Um, And if that's the case, what can we do to get better at that? Because it's not... A Potter problem. It's a Brighton problem over the last couple of years, including when we we're in the championship. So this is neither new um, or kind of different to what we're used to seeing. It's, it's been disappointing for quite some time. So it really leads me to believe that there's something else going on here. I also saw that Martin Montoya uh, got a yellow card and the general fan consensus is he should have had a second. Um, Probably backs up the fact that he was subbed off on the 70th minute for Shane Duffy. Uh, Again, I assume that was probably to save himself from being sent off. Um, It sounds an awful lot to me like we created a lot of very good chances and didn't score any of them at all. Excuse me. Now, my concern here is, as we said, this, this isn't the first time um, we've had an inability to finish our chances. And what can we do to get these balls over the line? Um, it's outrageous to me that we can create that many chances and score one goal. Um, even away from home, it, it just it just blows my mind. And taking a look at the player statistics, um, it looks like Pascal Gross had an absolutely awesome game. Um, again, it's it's funny because I'm in a unique spot. I didn't watch it which is strange. Um, You're going to have to let me know if these things are representative. But Pascal Gross, three shots, five key passes. Outrageous amount of key passes. Uh, 82.6% pass accuracy. He won two aerials, which is the most out of anyone in the team, Um, and had 73 touches. And, of course, got the assist for the Webster goal, which I did see. Um, Webster, looks some player, uh, continues to grow under the tutelage of uh, Graham Potter and he is now very much a a set piece no pun intended, um, for the back three or four or whatever we're doing these days uh, under Potter. Um, talking of Webster, he had three shots himself, one of them on target, of course, that he scored. Um, 79% pass accuracy, 67 touches, uh, so it looks like he had plenty of the ball. Um, and Dale Stevens sounds like... Excuse me again. Uh, Dale Stevenson sounds like he had an incredibly good game. Uh, 95 touches, 15 more than anybody else, so it looks like he was very much the... Uh, the carriageway um, from which the ball went from back to front, uh, which is kind of different to the old days where he used to be kind of the anchor man. It seems like he's the the recycler now, which is nice. Uh, 92.9% pass accuracy, two key passes, which is very unlike Dale Stevens, which is great to see, uh, and a shot, which is always nice to see. Um, But the interesting one here is Neil, Neil Mopai, uh, which I definitely wanted to hit on. He had six shots yesterday, more than anybody else in the team. Two of them on target, two key passes, and an 87% pass accuracy rate. Now, what is going on? Uh, why is he not being able to finish his chances? I, I don't understand. And from all the reviews I've seen, it sounds like he had a couple of guilted chances um, where he really could have walked away with two or three goals yesterday and finished none of them. Um that's got to change and change soon. Uh, he is the man that we have spent a lot of money on to be our main striker. He is getting himself in the position. Uh, Pascal Gross and friends uh, are playing the key passes. Davey Proper, two key passes. Dan Byrne, two key passes. Lewis Dunk, a key pass. Connolly, a key pass. Solly March, a key pass. Martin Montoya, a key pass. Like, he, is, he cannot say he's not getting the service here. Um, so why isn't he tucking away any of those six shots? He is supposed to be a prolific striker. Um, He is getting six shots away from home, and he is not scoring any of them. To me, that's just not good enough. I would love to know your feedback on that. I would love to know exactly how that panned out, uh, because it looks to me like he was incredibly wasteful with a whole bunch of chances again. Um, And it's not the first time. So I would really like to see exactly what happened there. Aaron Moy, of course, huge letdown for the Albion 29-year-old 29, midf- 29 year old midfielder, never sent off before, only managed 19 touches of the ball before getting himself sent off. Um, he was one of the outstanding players against Spurs um, after really failing to impress at all prior to that. And it sounds to me, uh, from all the reviews we'd had, that Moy was uh, playing incredibly well yesterday against the Villa too and has now let himself down. That's a ban for a game. Um, he's gone, he's out of the squad for one game, this is a chance for someone like Alzate or Bissouma, who has been patiently waiting in the wings uh, after getting back up to match fitness, to come on and take that spot, and we, we not see Moy again until Christmas because he's been played out of the team. Um, he's lucky that he will have a chance to get back into the team because it's not the same for Andone who interestingly scored two, uh, I think on Friday for Galatasaray um, against a team that I'm not even going to try and pronounce because there was just a lot of S's. Um, but Aramoy, uh I'm not sure what's going on there either. First red card ever. Don't understand it. What are we going to do with him? Um, what do we think we should do with him going forward? Should he come straight back into the side, given just how well he played against Spurs? Uh, or should he kind of try and wait and earn his spot, uh, depending on injuries? You know, I don't know. Um, I would love to hear your opinions on that too, because he, you know, it's, it's a lot of points to drop at this point, away from home against a relegation candidate that we were playing better than. Um, to lose 2-1 right at the death really sits on Moy's, Moy's plate. Um, it's his fault, essentially. Uh, We played with 10 men because of him. And similarly to Andone against Southampton, um, it was needless sending off. So I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Incredibly disappointing. Again, um, we have now had two games in our first nine uh, where we have had a sending off. Um, that is not good enough. That is unacceptable. Um, And it's something that simply has to change because if we continue to throw away points, um, this league, in my opinion, this year um, is absolutely ripe to have a team that plays well go down. Uh, Last year, we had three Absolutely terrible teams uh, all get relegated. There's no doubt about it. Um, and frankly, there was two or three more other teams that could have sank without a trace, and no one would have known the difference, including us, with just how bad we were. Uh, but this year, this year has a real, um, a real look about it that there's going to be at least one team um, go down despite playing really good football. Um, I think there's going to be at least one that feels really hard done by. Watford, obviously in a heck of a lot of trouble down there. Um, they led Spurs all the way through till the bitter end um, before they ended up conceding and drawing 1-1. And normally you would say, well, that's a, that's a fantastic result. But we're now nine games in and Watford are without a win. Um, and they aren't exactly playing any very inspiring football. So I, I, them, I'm not so sure, would be one of those ones we would classify as playing great football um, but getting relegated. Norwich, I would. Um, Norwich play very attacking football. Their counter attack is incredibly dangerous. We've seen it against the very best teams in the league. Um, when or when or if they go down, I think there will be conversations about they were hard done by. It feels very harsh to lose them. Um, and Southampton are the same, Brighton the same, Sheffield United the same, Villa the same, West Ham, Bournemouth, Burnley. All of these teams are playing good football. Um, there's very few of them that are playing negative. Uh, defensive football, and even teams that are like Sheffield United are doing it in such a way that inspires um, inspires people watching them to to support them. Uh, it just it just screams of a good team going down, and I would hate for it to be us this year. And we've already thrown away six points um, once against Southampton, a team that are one point below us and should be much further, uh, and Villa, who are now two points above us. That shouldn't be. Um, This is on us. We are allowing the teams around us to succeed at our own behest. Um, We are shooting ourselves in the foot and we need to turn that around. Um, And what better way to turn it around than a team that is only one point ahead of us right now. Everton's Marco Silva. Marco Silva's Everton, rather. um, Next week at home. Now, they are not exactly the greatest of teams away from home. Uh, They have played four games so far in the Premier League away this season. One goal, 11 shots per game, nine yellows, two reds. That sounds like us. (laughs) Uh, 57% possession, so they enjoy keeping the ball. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see how we line up because if we bring them into the Amex and we take the ball away from them and we dominate the ball, right? How are they going to react to such a change in the way they usually play? Um, They're used to dominating the ball away from home. Um, Despite the fact that they can't score or win games, um, they are used to doing very well away from home on the ball. If they can't keep the ball, um, they already have major disciplinary problems. Nine yellows, two reds, yikes. That's just away from home. I think this game is there for the taking more than the Villa one ever was. Um, And I would consider this as much of a must win as it could be um they are a team that are around us whether they should be or shouldn't be isn't particularly relevant because i don't think we should be down there either um but this is a game that we that we simply have to look to win um we have a set of four games after this uh that we can build on we have brighton against everton we're then at home to norwich as well um again a hugely winnable game Uh, and then we have manchester united away which over the course of the last couple of months has become very apparent that is a very winnable game too. Um, Didn't think I'd ever say that, but we have every reason to believe we can go there and take a result away from Manchester United this year. Um, And then at home to Leicester City. So that is the 23rd of November by that point. Um, And we we really need to have points on the board. Um, Honestly, from those four games, I think we need to be looking at taking nine points. Um, I know that's bold, but I think we should be looking at winning all three of our home games. Um, I think we should look at beating Everton and Norwich at home. And I I think we should be looking at beating Leicester too. Um, If not, you know, seven points is a minimum, I believe. Uh, Two wins at home and a draw against Manchester Manchester United or Leicester. Um, But we really need to turn ourselves around because after that, uh, it gets tough. We then have to travel to Liverpool and Arsenal back-to-back. Horrible games to have to go and play. Um, before obviously hosting Wolverhampton Wanderers um, and then traveling our away to Palace. So we have uh, a lot of a lot of fixtures coming up over the next six weeks that are fixtures where we must be getting points. Um, and Villa was one of them and we failed because we've beaten ourselves. Uh, so we really need to turn it around. Um, and Everton is, as I said, the best spot to do it. Uh, there are a lot of places uh, in which they are weak. They cannot score, ch- finish scoring chances to save their lives. Who does that sound like? Us. Um, they are horrible about defending uh, through balls. Uh, it's, it's something that they just seem to concede against almost all of the time. Um, and that is something that we're pretty good at. Uh, Pascal Gross, Lewis Dunk, uh, there's a lot of players out there that like to thread the ball through, and we have willing runners in Connolly, Mopi, Trossard, whoever plays, to be able to do that. Um, They are incredibly strong in the air, uh, which is fighting fire with fire, because so are we. Um, They're very good at attacking set pieces. That's going to be something that we need to look at and make sure that we are defensively sound next weekend, because we could end up being embarrassed on our own turf. And again, protecting the lead, they're pretty good at it. So if we end up allowing them to take the lead, uh, even at home, we could be in big trouble. Um, we need to get a result next weekend. Expect them to play 4-2-3-1. Uh, that pretty much is exactly the the formation they've played all year. Uh, four at the back, two holding midfielders, three attacking midfielders, and a striker. Uh, Calvert-Lewin is likely to be that striker. Um, we haven't seen too much of the new guy that came in Um Trying to remember his name, it probably isn't going to come to me. Moises Keane, something like that. Uh, Richarlison, again, always going to be a threat, but he's also worthy of a red card all the time too. Sigurdsson, someone who can change the game all the time, and Bernard, uh, not particularly a big fan of him, um, but he's someone we're going to have to watch as well. So there is no doubt in my mind um, that we can beat them. Because they're not playing very well. <laughs> uh, but we need, to, we need to go out there and sort this, this individual error nonsense out big time. Um, because that is something that we are really suffering from. And it's cost us a lot of points. Um, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. Defending against long shots. Finishing scoring chances are the Albion's key weaknesses. Um, we need to fix that up real quick. So that is all from me this week. Uh, there is no top five stories of the week or anything like that. Um, That is all I've got. Uh, I am going to lead off um, with Russ giving the match report from the Villa game um, right as I finish speaking here, and that'll be the end of the episode. Um, Thank you for sticking with me, and I'm sorry it's not as in-depth as I would have liked it to be. Um, Next week we will be back to normal as I only get married once a year, so uh, there is only one anniversary to take care of. Um, And I will see you all next week for a proper uh, top five stories of the week, all in together a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Um, If you want to get in touch, please do. TogetherBHA at uh, gmail.com. TogetherBHA on Instagram. TogetherBHA on Facebook. TogetherBHA on Twitter. Um, You want me, you can get me at any of those handles um you want to contribute you want to come on the show you want to do anything at all hit me up we'll make it happen uh have a good week i'm still really annoyed about the result and i didn't even watch it so i can only imagine how you lot feel do as best you can and we'll see you next week
0: hi josh ross here so i'm leaving this message on the sunday the day after the game at villa where we lost 2-1 in desperately unlucky circumstances right at the end Utterly gutted. I think it's taken me till now, Sunday afternoon evening, uh, UK time, uh, for me to really sort of get fully to grips with what's happened and to to calm myself down from the disappointment. Um, it was a game in which I felt, as with the next two games coming up, there's three points for the taking, one hundred percent. And we started the game and continued in the game, even after the sending off that we suffered in the thirty-fifth minute. Um, Some really good football and I think we were the better side throughout the match. I think we were certainly the better side with the 11 men and we were creating a lot of opportunities. We were showing a lot of endeavour and a lot of adventure going forward in an away game and that's what we wanted and things were going great and uh, we got the goal in the 21st minute, I think it was, from Webster, his first goal for the club, I think, um, who again had a really good uh, performance at centre-back. We exploited their weakness from set pieces. Um, great free kick in, Webster gets the goal, 1-0, everyone's happy and a thoroughly deserved lead. I missed the very early part of the game, so I'm not sure what happened in the earlier stages, but I understand it was then that Aaron Moy had picked up his first yellow card for kicking the ball away. From uh, descriptions by a couple of friends, it seems as if it was a little bit of a harsh one, that um, he did kick it away, but not in the very petulant manner of which other people have done in the past. Uh, he's done it in the manner in which some people have got away with doing it. Uh, he didn't. He got his yellow card. Okay, fair enough. I'm sure that was the right decision overall. But having got that, he then unfortunately committed another foul in the 35th minute, which put us down to the 10 men and ultimately made it an uphill struggle. We, um, I mean, I was watching by that point in the game. I've seen the tackle Essentially, he fell someone from behind. It looks as if he may be losing his footing a little bit, and there was nothing malicious in the challenge. Um, It was just a bit clumsy. From what I can understand, and as I said, I missed a little bit of the game because I didn't get back home from work in time to to get online to stream it from the beginning. Um, There was... it, it looked like it was his second offence. I don't know if he he was on a final warning. Um, if he wasn't, I'd like to know why. Because other people, especially people playing against us, have been given at least one final warning, inverted commas, sometimes two, sometimes three, and just seem to get away with things. Uh, Moy is unfortunate in as much as he wasn't able to be afforded that benefit. Um, from what I can gather. So if it was two offences, two yellows and he's off, a little bit harsh in that regard. Um, Not to put too much emphasis on that though, because ultimately he went. We uh, dealt, I think, pretty well with the situation. We regrouped. We coped with the initial issue of having to rearrange what we're doing and to deal with the sudden shortfall Um, And it looked as if we'd see things out nicely until the half-time whistle. And unfortunately what happened was, I think it was the fourth minute of of stoppage time at the end of the first half, they managed to get a goal. Um, They'd had one already disallowed for what looked like a pretty tame foul on Matt Ryan. I haven't had a chance to look back at that yet, so I can't really comment too much on that. But if that was soft, then we got away with one there. But with the goal they did score in injury time in the first half, what hasn't been mentioned by anyone is that there seemed to be a foul in the build-up. I'm not sure who it was, I can't remember now. But some one of our players got challenged by two of their players, one of whom went in rather forcefully. The ball fell to Villa. They went on the break, eventually leading to the goal. So I think we were a little unlucky in that regard. I think it should have been a free kick. However, you know, things happen. It's one all. it's half-time. And disappointed though I was... I felt confident that we could hold on because of the way we responded and because we were going in at half-time and Graham Potter now had time to talk to the players for 15 minutes and get them refocused, reorganised for the second half. And that second half, we continued to play well. Villa obviously did take the game to us a fair bit, um, but overall, I think we gave as good as we got we showed some really impressive passing, some really snappy, fast, incisive interplay. We were making really quick counterattacks. We were going forwards not particularly in shy numbers either. We were still going on the, uh, on the front foot. And I would certainly endorse one of the words Graham Potter used in his post-match press conference, courage. Because we played with courage. We played with a sense that we still wanted to go out and win this game, not just hold on for the draw. Um, however... Uh, we couldn't get a goal, um, but we pretty much restricted Villa to only one or two chances where I felt they possibly should have buried buried the ball. Um, other than that, we were playing pretty well. The defence was fantastic, I thought. Webster in particular was outstanding, not just because of the goal he'd scored earlier in the game, but in general, the defence was, was working. They were hunting in packs, they were regrouping, they were resetting themselves. They were continued continuing to make it half a Villa, and in doing so, were affording themselves opportunities to get forward, because we were, we were gaining possession more often than we might have done if we'd have been in the, uh, the old-school sit-back style. So everything was great, except for the fact that, unfortunately, Villa managed to do it to us again. They got another injury-time goal in what's been described on the BBC as the second minute of stoppage time. I'm pretty sure it was the fourth minute, but anyway, it was right at the end of the stoppage time, virtually the last kick of the game. To be fair, um, a good move laid on by Grealish for Target, who finished early and really well. Caught Ryan out near post, ball that flashed across into the corner. Um, A good finish, to be fair. And from a Villa point of view, I'm sure they'll be delighted with a good goal and what they'll see as a good win. Um, But I feel aggrieved. I feel the football gods have done us again there. Um, Speaking to you last week in our little round round circle discussion with Amir we were talking about how well from my point of view I felt we were six points shy of where we should be in terms of what we deserved from the way we played I now feel we're seven points shy of what we deserved because I think we deserved a draw from that game we played to win but it was looking like and it, look, it would have been a deserving uh, draw um, going into that last pretty much last kick of the game utter gutter uh to put it one way But these things happen and we move on. But my overall um, perspective on things is I'm pretty positive. I think we've played well, as I've described. Uh, We've continued to adapt and to show tactical nous and changeability within games. And we're still on the front foot, as far as I'm concerned, in our playing style and in our attitude and positivity. We've now got two home games against Everton and Norwich, which I think are both distinctly winnable. I think we can go in fired up by... A sense of injustice over the course of the season, and in particular this week, um, just in terms of the balance of play rather than any, any decision-making. But nonetheless, a sense of injustice that we can use to our advantage. I think Everton and Norwich are both struggling. Um, they're there for the taking, in my opinion. And I think we should go for it. I think we will get points from these games. I would like to see six points from the two games, given the results yesterday. But whatever happens... I'm still looking pretty happily forward to the rest of the season. Um, Just disappointing for the lads yesterday. And um, obviously Aaron Moyes uh, apologised. Fair play to him. Um, He could see himself as having led us down. I think that would be a bit harsh to say. But it was frustrating. We have had some sendings off this calendar year. And we've had two already this season. I think the Andoni one was craziness. And this one was a more misfortunate scenario uh, yesterday. But... It did ultimately, well it certainly cost us the win that we, I think we inevitably going to get the way we were playing. We were far better than Villa until the sending off from the reports I've had on the early stage of the game and then from what I saw for the rest of the half, until certainly until the sending off, we were the better side by far. And it's frustrating, but I think we're going to come back stronger and looking forward to the next games. So speak to you soon. Cheers.